everyone. Welcome into That's the Truth. I'm excited to have you back and tuned in for this new episode. I am Jay Gallegos, and my goal is to help you get one step closer and further along in becoming who God has intended you to be one step at a time so you can be effective and make an impact in every area of your life. A big thank you, as always, to everyone who has already subscribed and has shared the podcast on social media. Thank you so much for that. It truly means the world to me as it helps extend our reach. We want to welcome in others to join the community. We want to help and inspire others to become what God has called us to be. As you know, we post a new episode bi-weekly, a teaching the first Friday of every month, followed by a guest episode later in the month. And it's always a special occasion when we have the opportunity to sit down and to share a conversation with another leader, another speaker, and a very special guest. And today, I'm excited to bring to you the amazing conversation I had with Katie Flores from San Diego, California. She is a Christian therapist and a very sought-out speaker. She is a person with tremendous influence and is reaching out, helping others, and inspiring so many people with their faith, their mental health, and in so many different ways. And she does such a phenomenal job with empowering others around her. And as always, it is a pleasure to invite you into my conversation with Katie Flores. Sister Katie Flores, welcome to the podcast all the way from San Diego, California. Welcome in. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, San Diego, California. America's finest, just in case you don't know yet. You know what? I'm very jealous of the weather down in, in San Diego. I wish we had a little bit of that here in South Texas from Houston. Wow. I I honestly, I I don't not envy you and I understand your jealousy because uh, if you compare weather, San Diego is beautiful. Honestly, we pay for the sun out here. We really do. A great view. Great view. Uh, I was just recently in California and I wanted to bring some of that weather back, but that's not possible, but I love California. Um, a lot of ties to, to there, a lot of relationships. So thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we've been looking forward to speaking with you for a while now, and we're excited to have you in. Awesome. I'm excited um, to, to be a part of this as well. And, and just excited to meet other young people um, that are willing to put themselves out there or provide, um, prov it's almost like you sacrifice yourself to put yourself out there to provide tools and resources for others. So congratulations to you, uh, for, for doing this and, and thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for that. And uh, on your side, you're doing a tremendous job in not only in ministry, but Speaking of putting yourself out there as well, you go live often on Facebook and you're sharing inspiring messages that empower people and that are giving people life. And with that, I would like to kind of start there. Um, you know, you do such a great job of empowering people and and getting people closer to God and looking within themselves to to become and to do what God has called them to do and and to make improvements and changes in their life. And um, with that, I mean, how does empowering and champion, championing others play a role for the giver and the receiver, you know? And I, I ask that simply because uh, you're often providing content and you get feedback from the live videos that you do. And I, I have the feeling that you're that type of person that you're always empowering and championing others and encouraging people. So with that in mind, how does that play a role for 
the person that gives it, what does that do for you mentally, spiritually, for your heart? And what does that do vice versa for the one that receives it? Great question, by the way. You know, yes, I've been doing these lives. Um, I've been doing um, doing the cheerleading outside of the social media platform for a long time. Um, you know, I grew up without a father and a mother. And there was a lot of basic needs that were not met in my life. I didn't receive affirmation and encouragement or direction as a child. And so as I've grown up, I really, my heart is to be what I wish I would have had. Mm. And so it took me a long time to get to where I'm at today, meaning I also on this end have to be that to myself first. And that's a big one. You know, we tend to want to give what we have to others, but in that process and, and very common in this time, we have a lot of burnout. We have a lot of ministry burnout and that causes damage. Because your burnout version is going to hurt people. Your burnout people, your your burnout version is not going to be clear-minded. You're going to be foggy. You're going to be exhausted. Um, and so I learned that whatever I want to give, I need to give that to myself first. So this now whole version of me can give a better perspective, can, can do what I do better. Giving is better than receiving. We know that. Right. And 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 that's that's Bible that it's so much better to give than to receive. And and you and I, I really never grasped this until not so long ago. I mean, we see it in our finances. Obviously, we we give to God in our finances. We give of our time to ministry. Um, but you really can't receive if you're not giving. Right. And so as I am giving more of myself, I see God somehow. Um, giving back to me, whether it's my strength, um, the clarity of mind I received through the giving, um, and the cheering as I if I as I champion more people throughout my life. And and if I'm honest, if you ask me like, what is your calling, Katie? I really believe that I've been called to cheer others on. I am here to help you see your strength um, and help you figure out, you know, that that the same power that I have, that what God has done in my life, he can do in you also. I'm really here to to point you to the light. That's that's it. You know that um, I have to make sure first that my light is shining, that I have the light within me and that I also and as you see it in me, um, that you can also obtain it as well. But for me as a giver, it, it and again, it's taken me a while to get here as a giver. It, it can be exhausting. It can be exhausting, but I do believe that it is so much better to give than to receive. And and God is my rewarder. You know, God is my rewarder, and and He takes care of me always. Uh, for those that are on the other end, I do this in different in different aspects. Also, right. I, I I am a mental health specialist, and so I'm helping people in different forms. Not you know not to through Bible or, or teachings, um, even though we do kind of teach skills. Um, but I do this in different forms. So I am a giver in different areas of my life. Um, but at the end of the day, honestly, there's a question I always tell my, I ask myself continuously. And it's like, if I died today, would I be okay with what I gave today? Mm. Um, and if I died today, I left a legacy already. Yeah. I'm okay with that. That's an interesting view. And that's very deep in itself. And I don't think that's a question or something that very many people 
will consider because whenever you think about that, it, it does tend to get kind of dark because death is not something that people will tend to think about or like to ponder too much about, but it's important. And I think it, you find so much about yourself whenever you look at it like that. It, has that been the case for you? Yeah, I know it can be a morbid way of seeing it. And it's not so much about darkness. It's it's accepting that we are not eternal. Like, I mean, like my body's not eternal. Absolutely. I'm not I'm not here forever. Right. And so even as you as you age or as you're getting older, you recognize that I'm not gonna have the same strength that I have now in 10 years. Obviously, we want to be wise about, you know, taking care of ourselves. And that's a whole other subject because we can be so spiritual that we omit the human, the physical. And in our world, um, in, you know, in just our little religious world, we have a lot of obesity amongst us because we we tend to focus more on the spiritual and we dismiss the physical. And it doesn't work that way. We're mind, body and soul. but it, I can say that living, you know, I mean, the Lord says that his mercies are new every day, every day. You got to live per day. And, and, and I see this a lot. I see people get so focused on the future that they miss out on the, on the today. And I, I've been there in some parts of my life where I was just so goal oriented, future, future, future. And then you look back, you're like, whoa, I didn't even know that happened. Right. Um, but living in the today, knowing, um, giving your best. That's that's something that I that that I apply to my life. Give your absolutely best, and every day your best looks different. And so in the morning, you know, the way I champion myself is, I'm going to give my best today. And obviously, you know, you live long enough to know that some days your best is not the same that was when you were feeling 100. percent But at night, I go to I go to sleep and I go to rest, knowing that I gave my best today. Yeah, that's that's a great way of viewing that. And when you're constantly giving out, you have to find ways to put back in and restore yourself. You know, yes, God uses you. Yes, you're championing others. You're you're cheering others on and you're giving life to others. But that's usually an expense on your part, emotionally, spiritually, uh, physically, because you, you, you are having to travel and you do travel quite a bit. So there is it's very taxing in a lot of different areas. So how do you maintain uh, staying full while you're still giving out? How do you maintain still learning and working on yourself, improving and growing as you're pouring out so much and so consistently and often? One of the things that I've, I've accepted in this season is that this journey is forever. You know, we, we sometimes want to make it seem as if this journey is a station or a destination and it's not. So it's like a, a bicycle that doesn't stop or like a stationary bike, you know, yeah. it's always, you, there's gotta be movement. There's gotta be movement. But in that process, you have to apply what is sustainable for you and what is sustainable for you as a father right now with, little kids is not the same as when you didn't have kids, you know, it looks different in different seasons in our lives. But for me, the word that comes to mind and something that I've really been pushing myself towards is, is discipline. 
you know, there I am actually currently reading the celebration of disciplines. And I, I love the fact that this author goes into he he's he approaches it through scripture, but he also does a lot of secular views, psychologists, you know, um, because discipline is not, you know, we do this a lot with like weight loss, for example. We're looking for a quick formula to shed and it doesn't work that way. It's about what you do consistently and continuously. Um, you know, we see the church has the, the, the trend of Daniel Fast at the beginning of the year and right. people shed all kinds of weight. Yep. And then you see them gain it back because it's it's not a it's not a weight loss solution if, if that's your approach and that's the way you know you want to go about it, because it's something you do once a year. Discipline is what you do every day, even when you don't feel like it, even when you don't want to do it, when nobody's watching. Um, it's what you do every single day. And and the Celebration of Disciplines book, it's even it's beyond, you know, the spiritual, too. It's also the disciplines you do for physical. Yeah. Um, it's what you're doing continuously. And and I never thought I would get to a place where I would be striving to be part of the 5 a.m. club. Mm. The 5 a.m. club is this 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 concept that if you wake up when everyone is sleeping, you're more productive. Right. That by the time most people have woken up or starting their their day of work, you've already tackled so many tasks. Um, but for me, it is about what I do all the time. And again, it's taken me a long time to get to this place, but I'm so grateful that I am in this place. Um, it's about the disciplines, you know, from, from reading, from studying, um, physical to me, that's something that I could tell you. And, and I've struggled with mental health yeah. my whole life since I was a child. Um, yeah. you know, I believe that it's in my, it's in my DNA. Um, and so I've struggled with it since I was a child. Um, and throughout my life, God has let things surface in certain seasons of my life struggles um, that are deeper. And then he has given me the opportunity to confront and deal with, um, but working out, having a physical, a discipline in regards to, to movement has been something that I've been consistent about. And I know helps me a lot because the body contains a lot. The body carries a lot and our body is good to us. We put it through so much but we're not so good to it. Mm. And so um, I, I say this all the time. We we are better to our vehicles than we are to our bodies. Mm. That's we incredible. change our vehicles. That's so true. <laughs> so, yeah, we change the tires. We are like consistent about, and it sends us signs. Hey, you know, it's time to change the oil. And we go and we do it because we need it. And and it's going to help us. It's a tool that we use, um, but our body senses signs, and we don't listen because we're not in tune with our bodies. Yeah, that's such a good point, and that's such a great illustration. If we really treated our bodies the way that we obtain the maintenance of our vehicles, I think we'd be different people. It would be we'd have different reactions, and we wouldn't be struggling with a lot of things that we do. Uh, that's a great way of looking at it. I love that. You know, one of the things that stands out to me here recently with this generation and even across maybe older generations as well, just because of the nature of the season of life we're in, everything is so fast paced. Everything is about getting more, doing more, accomplishing more. Um, one of the things that is lost, I would say is identity. And I say that it's lost, hidden or misplaced 
just simply because the amount of conversations that I've had with people, it seems that they're either looking or searching for identity, even though they don't realize they're looking for it. They're in search for something more, something bigger, something that will validate them. And they're searching in the wrong places. Then you see the repercussions of where that can lead you. So with that, what, what do you think has caused the search for identity more prevalent today than in, in past generations per se? That's a, a very broad question, and it could be in so many ways. You know, if we if we try to hone in, um, like micro look at it. Sure. If we if we look at it in like culture, because there's cultures in cultures, right? And we look at our church culture, even like home cultures. Um, a lot of it has to do from our upbringing. I notice this, and so I come from a different angle. I'm, I I I. Okay. I relate a lot with Paul. You know, Paul's conversion was different than the disciples' uh, conversion. Absolutely. Like they had like an intimate, a moment connection with Jesus. They walk with him. But Paul is like an outsider and his was more like an encounter. His was an encounter type of a conversion. And so his angle is different than the disciples. For me, I am an outsider. I, I, I grew up in the church, like from a young age, I got converted at a very young age. And so for me, the church was not imposed upon. And I say this a lot because I I see second, third generation. And, and if we are completely transparent and honest, the church is doing a bad job in preserving the generations. Okay. That we see that they fall off their generation. A lot of times, even second generation do not want to be a part of this. Why? Because it was imposed upon what, what does a child do when you tell them what to do? What does a teenager do when you tell them what to do? They resist it. Right. And they don't want it because it was never their choice. And even, you know, to parents, I would say, you want to be wise. Wisdom is is a big factor in this, that we've lacked wisdom in regards to how we present the gospel to our own. Ooh, I felt that. Yeah. We've lacked wisdom in regards to how we present the gospel to our own. And and so our kids do not want to be a part of it. And 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 there could be so much to this as well. You know, a lot of times in our homes, our first generations are, are still broken or they're still they're finding the way they're growing. They're getting rid of the chain still. Um, and as as that's happening, they're going through their process. They may be doing a bad part, uh, a bad job in regards to modeling, modeling uh, what it is to be a Christian, because they're still trying to figure it out. And so second generations look at, look at that and they're like, I don't want to be that. I want nothing to do with that. Um, And so I I lost hidden and, and, and misplaced in regards to our identity. You know, our identity comes from, from our parents. That's one of our biggest, biggest influences in regards to our parents. And so for me, I, I had no father. And I struggled a lot, you know, as a child and I, I was out of my home by the age of 14. So I had to find my identity for me. It was the exterior influences, the people I surrounded myself with. And that's something that as young people, we tend to downplay. Like we do not um, think about how important or the big impact our surroundings have on us. The people we choose to to have in our lives affect us so much. 
And so here you are influenced by people that may have, you know, broken homes or have no ambition or have no identity themselves. And so it just becomes a big, a big mesh, you know, yeah. of confused children. Also, we were millennials. Mm-hmm. I'm still in that window. Yeah. We're millennials and, and, and the social media platform has had a big, a big influence. You know, I grew up in a time where we couldn't watch tv like tv was looked down upon and yeah. and having a tv in your home <laughs> meant you had satan in your home yeah yeah that was the door so in, the door to let them open <laughs> let them in and so in that time you know mtv was in and so that's why tv was just you know the satan itself um but we were kept from that and as much as that sounds so cultish and that was extreme or whatever it is that people may think i believe that that was that kept us that kept us um you know what do you do when you don't have a tv right. you go in the word you listen to sermons you you're a kid um but tv was not for me it was it was not a big influence in my life and as i grew older i i could tell you that i went probably over a decade without my eyes looking at a movie or or watching tv wow. at all um, because I felt such a, a conviction in my heart, you know, that was what, what I was taught, uh, but I don't, I don't resent it and I don't regret it. And and that's, that's a big word. I want to point this out. A lot of people yeah. amongst us resent what's been imposed in them. And, and that's what comes when something is imposed. You yeah. resent it. It was never your choice. Yeah. Whenever, whenever it comes to like resentment and kind of hanging on to that, do you think that that would be a little different if maybe there was a little bit more of explanation on why, on why you believe certain things or why certain things should be implemented? Like, for example, like the television that you, that you mentioned, that's a great example. And I think a lot of people really weren't explained why, like maybe they were, but maybe it wasn't in depth or to the point where it would answer the question. And I think it's such an intrinsic question to ask why. And do you feel that that may be lacking still today? For sure. I also think, and as you, as you said that, I love kids that have a lot of questions. And we tend to not. We tend to shut those voices. Yeah. Don't ask questions. We, we actually grew up, in, and I'm, I'm Mexican. I come from Hispanic culture where you don't talk back or you don't ask questions. You know, I'm, it's that authoritative parenting style. Right. I'm the parent and you shut up. And that we see that amongst, even in our, in our church culture that, you know, the leader knows it all and you don't ask questions. You don't question. Yeah. You don't question it. But yeah, but questioning is so beautiful. And I, I, I had a parent recently like, Oh man, I knew my child was different when they question everything. And I was like, sister, you want to cheer that on, right? You have a gem with you, yeah. You know, because people that ask questions get answers, mm. and that's what we want to encourage. I want to encourage you, and I, I, you know, I, I, I see all kinds of people, all kinds of people struggling with their identity, and they want me to say, "Is this wrong?" And my approach is always, "I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I want you to find out for yourself." Right search the scripture you find you're gonna you're gonna there's no way that you search the word and you will not find answers 
And instead of, you know, com- uh, giving complex sermons, and, and I, I was sharing with you earlier, how I, I, I knew someone that said, well, I just believe that the more complicated or difficult the sermon was, that meant it was good. Right. And it, it and it wasn't relevant to 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 a young person. And so I think definitely if we could approach the way we present it to our children, um, that definitely would would make a big difference. Um, it has to feel like it's a choice. And that's where the wisdom I was talking about comes in. Yeah, absolutely. I have two I have two boys of my own. I have a ten year old and a five year old. I've mentioned this before on the podcast with other conversations, but they're both in that age where they're asking questions, but they're different questions. You know, the five-year-old is asking why about everything, about everything. And I love that. And just the curiosity and just, and that's exactly what asking questions does. Like you get answers and those answers should be, or those questions should get answered because if you don't, then you're left with doubts. And then you're left with just the behavior with not knowing why. And no backbone to that. And I think that leaves a lot of open doors for uh, voids and a lot of uh, identity searching later on. And I can definitely relate to what you were saying earlier about not having your parents. Um, I, I grew up without, I had a relationship with my father and who he was, but he wasn't present in the home. So then the way that that kind of played out for me was, well, how can I be a husband and a father um, in the home and do that well? If I didn't see an example and there's a relationship with seeing, you know, an influence in your life directly and there's a void, obviously, when you don't have that. But I think, you know, searching in the right places and getting the right influences and being surrounded with the right people um, that has definitely helped you uh, by what you've mentioned to me that that's helped me as well. But speaking of identity, you know, for someone who is searching for identity and meaning in their life, where does one begin and what are they looking for whenever they self-analyze or whenever they begin to kind of search within their heart? Where, where does that begin? In regards to self, like self-analyzing and looking within, you know, just asking questions for yourself. Like, why do I do what I do? You know, where is this coming from? And now you were, you were mentioning, you know, growing up without a father and the fears that come with, you know, parenting or being a husband um how do i know how to do this if i've never seen it you know for myself um and and that's what's powerful about god i remember when i left to bible school and and i'm from houston texas as well and and growing up in this ultra conservative background in in texas and going to bible school and and i i come from the world as well and there are things that i did not like about myself um, there are things that I did not like about myself. And, and when I got to Bible school, I remember feeling this, this sense of empowerment. I get to be whoever I want to be. Whatever I don't like about me, I get to change that. God gives me the, the opportunity. And, and that's the way I saw it for, for me. It was moving to another state, okay. starting this new journey for me. Yeah. but. God gives us that opportunity every single day. You get his mercies are new every morning. You get to get a brand new slate every, every day. And whatever it is that you don't like about yourself, you get to change that. Our identity comes from our, our parents 
from our, our home culture, our environment, what's what's influenced us the most. And in that same way, you get to reverse that. You right. get to change that. You know, who do you want to be like? And and obviously right away, he's like, I want to be like Jesus. Well, if I want to be like Jesus, I have to do some of the things he did. I want to study, you know, his life and how he walked and how he did things. You know, Jesus shows up uh, on the scene after, you know, he's already lived a full life. Yeah, He's lived a full life. But we see, you know, what's recorded is only a few years. But in those few years, you could see a lot of characteristic traits that are significant. And so just that alone, if, if you decided to, I want to be like Jesus, that's right away who you say you want to be like. And you could see that he was merciful and he 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 was merciful and he he showed grace. He was compassionate. Um, he never left anyone as they were. That just that alone. That speaks never. volume. You yeah. could, you could definitely preach on that. He never left anyone as as they were. He never destroyed anybody. He never crushed anybody, even when he could have. You know, uh, comes to my mind. What comes to my mind is the woman that you know that was caught in the act. Yeah, he could have picked picked up a stone according to the law and just like been a part of the herd identity. Anybody can be part of the herd. But what do you think? What do you believe? And we get lost in the herds in regards to our identity. And, and it's easy to get lost in the herds. It's, it's, it's easy to get lost in the crowds. But Jesus did not see things the way they did. And he did it different. He could have stoned her too, but he didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and who we want to be like is definitely like, I would say start there. Like, who do you want to be like? A lot of times we don't know who we want to be like but we know who we don't want to be. And that's not to look down on who, who we don't want to be like, but just to know it's, it's good to identify, you know, where is this coming from? I grew up without a father. I grew up technically without a mother. You know, my mom was always gone. She crossed the river, worked two jobs, had eight kids, had to support, you know, her family and had an alcoholic husband. So, I, you know, I grew up in a really dark place. I grew up a lot around a lot of violence and anger. And I know for a fact that I have my mother's voice. I have my mother's temper. And, and those were things that I knew I did not want in my life. I don't want that for me. And if God ever gives me children, I don't want that for my children. And so it's taken me a lot of, a lot of work continuously, you know, changing, seeing things differently. But for me, my biggest influence has been Jesus. Jesus, um, you know, for me, showed up in my life and just revolutionized my life completely. If you see me and you see my background, where I come from, and, and some of my siblings that are still involved in, in, in just crazy things, for me, Jesus showed me the love that I needed. And I, I didn't I didn't know tangible physical love. I don't know what it was to receive a hug from a father or, or my mom was very uh, violent. I grew up being abused verbally and physically continuously as a child. There was a lot of basic needs that were not met. I have caused a lot of some of my issues as an adult now. But right. Jesus was it for me. Jesus in the church. Jesus in the church just really did it for me. And this church showed me the people around me that that influenced my life at a young age that there is a better way. You get to be whoever you want to be. 
Yeah. He gives you that opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you for being very transparent with that and very open and allowing us to see that. And you've made tremendous strides from where you grew up into where you are now. And now you're, you're getting to share your story and you're getting to share your experience. And that I think is a testament on how God works in us. He will allow certain things um, to work within or certain things that will happen in our life that we refer to as process. And we let those things kind of mold us and filter us. And you have the opportunity to take different routes in that. And you've definitely decided the, the correct route. And you found a lot of your voids within the arms of Jesus. And that's beautiful. Um, and, and I love hearing stories like that where people have found their void and they have found the things that they have been looking for in their identity. And they found what better place than in the presence of God what better place than in the church, in the community of believers, and what better place to find yourself than with the one who created you, right? For sure. Def- definitely. Honestly, I was saying earlier, we're mind, body, and soul. And to have that that sense of, of healing in your soul, there's some damages in our lives, JJ, that that. I mean, you cannot reverse. You can reverse some of the things that, yeah. that we've experienced as children, you know, from trauma. I mean, and, and that word alone, it's just, it can meet anything, you know. And, and you'll hear people like, well, if you knew my story, you would know or you would understand. And we tend to use that as an excuse for our poor behavior. Um, but if you let God heal your soul, I mean, you're... It, that'll change your life. And that soul, the soul is what we can't see. So there's damages that have happened to our soul and then soul, um, my, our mind, body, and soul. And, and then that affect our mind. Right. And then we go into the mental stuff, behaviors, abuse, all kinds of stuff that affect us. But we're so, sometimes we're so fixated on just one and, and we fail to, to acknowledge the other. But if you see this as, as a, a corporate, you know, it's just a, it's, it's a formula. You gotta, you gotta uh, be very mindful of all three. You are, are pointing yourself or walking yourself towards success. And again, it's a journey and we get frustrated because we want quick answers. Going back to yeah. this generation and this time, we want quick answers. Nothing quick is great. You want yeah. to be great, and it's going to take time, a lot of time, and a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of being intentional as well. You know, I love how you put that. Uh, it, it does take a lot of work, and you ignoring it would probably be the one of the worst things that you can do because you do have to be intentional with it. You've, if you put it away, it comes with so many repercussions. And how, with that in mind, you know, there's so many people that have carried family pain, family hurt maybe with their friends, they've been rejected. Maybe they've been, they've had people that have walked out of their lives that were significant to them at some point. Relationships, uh, they've been hurt by them. Uh, maybe even the church as well. There's this thing that we call church hurt. You know, there's this thing that, you know, just because it's the church and yes, it's the body of Christ. And, but yet that's probably one of the most dangerous places. And people would frown when I would, when I say that, why? Because you're talking about the church, but yet God used the most imperfect to make his perfect will happen. And that's why I, I would consider it one of the most dangerous places because you have 
all of the reje- all of the rejects, maybe all of the people that have been hurt and maybe all the people that need help. And that's why we're all there. We're searching for God. We're searching for identity. We're searching for Christ and becoming what he's called us to be. So with that, you know, what are ways that we can correctly handle the feeling of these disappointments and failure? You know, being hurt, and we could see this, you know, we experience this outside of the church culture. You know, it happens in our homes and in, and everyone has a story and somehow you live long enough, you've been hurt somehow. And and the thing is that we fail to realize that man is fallen. That's just the beginning of creation. We see it. Yeah. That man without any sin is fallen. I mean, just imagine that, you know, now with all this other stuff and man is in our nature is going to fall. Um, we tend to idolize man. That's something that really helped me see. And I didn't know I was doing it subconsciously. But yeah. We tend to give man a place that only belongs to God. And without in, in, in you know, even in our, our religious background, we look at, you know, biogenetics, meaning that in our gene in our genetics, you know, our generations behind us have been doing certain things that we we practice that we don't realize. And things like idolizing the priests in the Catholic Church. Um, they make saints, the Catholic Church makes saints of certain priests. Yeah. It's literally like they at some point they end up worship, worshiping him. And we tend to do this, we tend to worship man. And then when man falls, we are broken and disappointed and hurt. But we cannot, we cannot treat man that way. And sometimes we idolize ourselves. But we, I mean, it can happen to any one of us. Yeah. Um, man is not perfect is, is, is right away what comes to, to my mind. You know, being compassionate and merciful to others, we do treat man like, like they're just un, untouchable unfallen and that's not the case in regards to to being hurt you know i i do say do not take anything personal that Mm -hmm. statement alone is going to relieve you of so much pain everyone is their own world their own background their own culture Everyone has their own way of seeing things, different perspectives. And so taking things personal, you're only hurting yourself if you are attacked or hurt directly. And and don't get me wrong. There's people that there are people within the church that are psychopaths, that are narcissists. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that that's that that doesn't happen amongst us. They're plainly, you know, out in in the open, harmful and hurtful. You know, it's out there. And I do think that sometimes our church culture nurtures those kind of personalities going back to to idolizing man. Yep. We nurture those personalities. They're they're like that because we we keep treating them the way we do. Wow. Um, but not taking things personal will definitely relieve you of so much pain because we hurt people hurt people. Right. And it's unfortunate that people do not or aren't willing to heal. Um, But I always see those behaviors um, and I learn from them. If if it was me who was directly mistreated and I know what that felt like, 
I learned from that. I will never treat someone like that. I remember growing up as a kid and seeing these grandiose preachers that fled through the back door, did not want to greet anybody. Um, and I remember thinking, if I ever get the opportunity to to do what they're doing, I never want to be like them. I, I want to learn from others' mistakes and and not be like them. That's 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 a big a big thing, yeah. a big lesson that you can get from her. Absolutely, yeah. That's great. You know, one of the one of the things that I've heard from very healthy leaders and very mature and very uh, wise leaders, I've always heard them say, and I've learned from that, and I've adapted to that to say that. I want to be the person to others that I didn't have, you know, if it's a husband, if it's in my family, it's a dad, if it's a leader in the church. And, and I think you're kind of taken after that, that mentality as well. I think it applies here by saying, well, I don't ever want to do that. I want to do it better. And that's why you can learn from everybody. You can learn from, from anyone, even if you don't agree with exactly how they're doing things, you can learn of what not to do. And you can learn how to do it better and how to be better effective. And, and I love the, the route that you've taken with that. I want to say that even that approach in life, JJ, be a student of life. It becomes sometimes so overly confident, cocky is a word that comes to my mind. Yeah. We think we act like we know it all. And we want to take this approach of I'm a student. I'm constantly learning. And that relieves of so much pressure for the perfectionists out there. Yeah. You know, you just, you want to be a student of life and, and learn and grow. You know, the, the worst thing you could ever do is, is know it all. I don't want to know it all. Right. I'm constantly learning and growing. And, and the, that's the thing that life changes, that certain approaches change. And, and, and that can be a big, a big struggle in the church. And if we really sat with it, could probably be a big solution is that we're still trying to push old old systems into into this new generation and it's not working and we really just um took more of a student approach to everything we would definitely be better people yeah absolutely that's such a great view and continuing to ask questions continuing to search and not being complacent with just um the status quo and i think that would keep people on the edge and consistently growing. Um, that, that's such a great view. And thank you for sharing that. Um, when it comes to mental health, uh, I, I think everybody it could benefit from that. Everybody struggles with something, whether it be identity, whether that be um, past trauma, past hurts, uh, knowing how to deal with those things. And would you say that asking for help or actually, better yet, what would you say to the opinion of people that believe that asking for help is less spiritual or using medication or using professional help is less spiritual? Because there are some that do believe that. And I think that God will use and inspire people in a certain way to where we can seek help um, and, and get the help that people need for mental health and improve and grow uh, and come out of those things and help treat those pains and traumas. Um, but I, I don't agree with that. You know, and I kind of want to see what you think about that, you know, thinking that um, seeking professional help and or medication is less spiritual. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've, I've had to deal with a lot of that throughout the years, and and I don't know if you're aware of this, but my my I feel like my calling in this season is to remove some of those taboos in the church, because some we have people amongst us, we have leaders amongst us that have major major mental health issues, and we're hurting people. Now, this is just like as leaders. When we are broken and we're leading others from that angle, we tend to hurt other people because we're not leading from wholeness. We're leading from brokenness. And, and I've seen it happen because we tend to mishandle we're not, when we're not whole. Yeah. We'll mishandle situations. We'll mishandle people. And, and that's, that's huge. That's a major responsibility to be dealing with other people is a major responsibility. And a lot of times we mishandle situations because we haven't done the work ourselves. The Bible says that woe unto him that, that hurts one of my children. And we've taken that so lightly. And here we are bleeding because when you're not, when you're not whole, you're bleeding on others. Mm. And we, we could have avoided so much pain throughout the years. If a pastor or a leader would have said, Hey, I have this struggle, but we're, we're so afraid to, to be exposed. We're so afraid to, to accept there's something wrong with me. And that's what makes therapy, for example, so beautiful. It's yeah. a it's a confidential space. And there's nothing you could say in that space that would be held against you. Um, medication, medication saved my life. Yeah. I've struggled with suicidality since I was a child. Okay. I tried killing myself a few times as a child. Um, and even after getting converted, Again, when we're not whole, we're broken. And when right. we're not when we're broken, we we're not clear-minded and we tend to make poor decisions in those in those spaces. Yeah. Um, especially in this in this era where where we're we're running the rat race, we're doing, we're going, we're we're doing, we're going, and you're burned out. And so for me, um a part of me felt guilty. In taking medication, even though as a professional, I would refer a client to someone to get an evaluation, a psychological evaluation, so to see if they are in need yeah. of, of medication. But personally, a part of me felt a sense of shame, or maybe I do not have enough faith. And I had to really hit rock bottom. It had to, it, it was at a point where it was completely out of my hands. And I beat myself up. After I, 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 I became whole and I got clarity of mind and I think back, what if I would have been directed this way when I was a kid? What if at a, at a teenage, a teenage age or at a younger age, someone would have said, Hey, you should see a professional. What would my life been? What, what could my life have been like if I would have maybe gone on medication at a younger age? Yeah. And for some reason, you know, God did not allow it. But I, I'll tell you what, it saved my life. And I've seen it. I've seen it completely change people's lives for the good. If you were going through a hard situation, if it was a broken knee, you would go see a specialist. 
you know, for, for your broken knee. If it was a tooth situation, you'd go see a dentist. Um, why not? And you would take the medication the doctor would give you because you trust that doctor and you trust that that medication is going to help you get better. What's the difference between that and mental health? Right. Uh, you know, it's in regards to our mental health, we, we shun away from it or we look down upon it because we don't understand it. But really it's, it's a chemical imbalance in our brain. You know, our neurotransmitters are not connecting. It's not providing, it's a stopped. And, and a lot of times it comes out of, you know, it could be genetics. It could be our, our parents struggle with things that they never talked about. And so now we've inherited that in our bodies. Um, it could be, you know, major trauma, you know, your body's gone through so much shock and it stops providing something in your body. And now it just needs a little push. I mean, some people are, are so are advocates of melatonin to get some rest. Yeah. What's the difference? Absolutely. What's the difference between that and some some um, psychotropic medication? Yeah, and I want to thank you for for sharing that and and for doing ministry the, the way that you do because you do have a tremendous influence. Uh, you seem to empower others. You seem to encourage others so well and and help people with your experience with it, with your struggles, and how you've grown from it and how you came out from it and. There, there's a level for some people, there's a level of shame that kind of comes with that. And they're fearful of coming out, maybe fear of judgment, fear of whatever the case may be that ties into that. How can we encourage others to speak out and kind of create this culture where it's safe to talk about it and say, Hey, look, I'm, I'm, yes, I am baptized. Yes, I am saved and, you know, filled with the spirit and I, I believe, but I'm struggling with this. How can we kind of create that culture where it's okay to come out and ask for help and admit, say, hey, look, I'm struggling with this. What do I do? I, I do think that the issue with, with that is that, unfortunately, we mishandle whether it's leaders. Leaders are not informed and they don't know how to help these kind of people. And I, I really feel like that's what I, I felt in my heart to do. You know, me, for example, I have a network of therapists you know, throughout the country. And I'm here to help you and connect you with someone. Um, and, and in this process of therapy, like it's confidential, you know, nobody's going to find out. And I've told people this because we don't understand it. We look down upon it and I can't change someone's view. I can't convince you otherwise if that's what you're so adamant about. And I'm talking about like an elder in the church, right. but my approach is they don't have to know. They don't have to know, you know, your journey is your journey and people could, could come and say, how dare you, you know, talk about it. And I've heard it and it, it really upsets me. I've heard people, you know, talk down on medication and I guarantee you that that person has never struggled with mental health because someone that has seen darkness, has lived through darkness would never see that. And a lot of times we're we're seeking counsel from people that have never lived that. It doesn't mean you have to have that experience with mental health, but in regards to talking down on it, it usually comes from someone that hasn't. But I guarantee you that a woman that's had a major postpartum depression is going to say, yes, go get help. Um, you know, it, your journey is your journey. No one's going to understand it. No one has to understand it, but God, Jesus came to give us life 
and life more abundantly. The question I leave people with is always, look at your life. Look within. Do you think this is the abundant life Jesus was talking about? Are you living an abundant life? And, and if your answer is no, make some changes. How can I get that abundant life? And a lot of times it comes from, you know, getting back to, to, to the healing in your mind, healing in our, in, our, in our hearts or even our body because mental issues affect our body. That's what we fail to realize as well. You know, that, that we could get to a place of wholeness. And sometimes that may look like medication. Yeah. And definitely there is hope. There is hope for anyone who is struggling. And I, I'm a firm believer in, in encouraging people to seek for help and establishing these types of conversations or these types of platforms to encourage people to find life or to be able to find help, to be able to live life the way that God designed it to be. And, uh, I, I believe that I could be an advocate for that. I encourage it. And, uh, I want to thank you for being very open with that and, and encouraging that the way that you do and, 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 um, answering the call to do the ministry that, that God has, uh, commanded you to do. And, um, what would you like to see the church do more of to help support mental health issues? What can, how can we improve that? I definitely think that we can have, and I've been thinking about this, you know, like maybe even having a, like a mental health, like symposium, that would be so cool. You know, having different therapists sharing about different subjects in regards to mental health. Um, We can make it, you know, accessible. I do think that the church could give back to the community in this way. Make it accessible. You know, sometimes a lot of times people can't afford a therapist. Um, But if we provided a way the church could give back to the community, definitely through mental health would be beautiful, honestly. And it is something that that sometimes a pastor can't help you with. Like he's limited to his scope of, of, of practice. And so when you bring in someone that can help, and provide those those tools. I definitely would say if we could, in any way, the church make it more accessible to our our local communities. We would be making a difference and adding a little grain of sand. Yeah, that's a great view. Thank you for helping us, and thank you for taking the time to talk to us today about this, and and being open with your story, and and with your history of it. And I think your story is going to live on and resonate with so many people. And you do share quite a bit on social media, on YouTube, and you have um, a Facebook Live every week. Yes, Heart to Heart with Katie Flores. It's bilingual. I, I really want to, to make sure that I am able to provide it to the Spanish-speaking community and definitely, you know, English-speaking. And so I do a little bit of both. It's a short 30-minute uh, connection that I do every Wednesday at 1230 uh, Pacific Time. And then those videos will be on YouTube as well. Um, And I do kind of try to implement a bit of psychological uh, approaches or stance. And I add the word. I I can't act as if the word is not important. And, you know, as much as psychology works for me, the, the word is very important. So I find ways to implement the word in there as well. 
Yeah, thank you for the time that you've shared with us. And to be honest with you, a lot of the questions that I had in mind to touch on, we didn't even get to. And that's okay, because I think from what I've learned, that's probably some of the best conversations and very natural conversations that have happened. And there's so much to take away from this. And I want to ask you before before you go also, if there's any resources that you would like to share, either music, books, podcasts, other YouTube channels that, that would help people in their journey, whether it be mental health or just simply with their faith? Um, you know, I did want to say um, also in regards to your questions, like if anyone wants to reach out, I am very good about responding to Instagram messages, Facebook messages. Um, if anyone wants to reach out, please feel free. It's uh, Katie, Katie's Flow, Katie S-F-L-O. And I reach out. I'll, I'll respond if you reach out. Um, books. I'm a definitely, definitely like Brene Brown is America's therapist. She's from Texas. She's incredible. And she has a few of uh, podcasts out there. Okay. Um, she has a few podcasts out there. Um, and also John Maxwell. Like I'm a total John Maxwell yeah geek if i ever get to meet him in person i have a little heart attack but he's incredible on yeah, stuff is. that he he shared in tools um definitely Brene brown um i can't think of anyone that's popping to my mind i mean in regards to faith obviously i am a total fan of um sarah roberts jakes um yeah. who's also originally from texas man mexico uh, mexico texas has all these great um definitely um her for for the faith and um there's there's stuff out there that you know that could definitely help you um if there's anything in specific that anyone would like specific um direction towards um i could i could definitely help you out with that just reach out and i will provide those resources yeah thank you for being open to that and i'm going to put some links if it's okay with you in the description i can put links to the youtube channel the podcast uh, excuse me, the lives, your YouTube, Facebook page, your YouTube channel, your Instagram, where people can find you and reach out to you for um, a conversation with you, or maybe just simply answering questions. And Katie, thank you so much for being open. Once again, thank you for sharing uh, so openly uh, about this topic and your experience. And um, any last words that you want to share with anyone before, before we go? Definitely no one has to fight alone. No one has to go through it alone. Isolation has been Satan's weapon since the beginning of time. And God will not heal what you keep hiding. Um, definitely encourage you to find support. Find support. Um, and sometimes that looks like just your therapist. Uh, but don't do it alone. God wants you to live. Remember that the agenda of Satan is to kill, still and destroy. And Jesus wants you to live. And so please, um, if you are in need of some support, reach out. Um, and I'm definitely here to help. But don't don't do this alone. Yeah, thank you for that. And I would encourage anyone to tune in to the lives that Katie shares because some of the content that she shares on there is phenomenal. It's helping so many people. There's been so many real reactions, real time in the comments. And uh, Katie's available. She's available to come and speak. And you do travel quite a bit. Is that right? 
Yes, sir. Yes. Um, I've actually been speaking for a long time. And so I do go out there and it's actually been kind of a trend in the last year since COVID where a lot of churches are bringing me in to do mental health uh, stuff. So that's been awesome. That's fantastic. And I think it's such a need there, just like we've been discussing so far. But there's so many things that we can tap into, but I want to be respectful of your time as well. And, and thank you once again for coming onto the podcast. It won't be the last time, I hope. For sure. Thank you for your time and thank you for for your heart to do this. Definitely needed in this time. And I pray many, many uh, blessings and prosperity for everything you do. Thank you so much. God bless. God bless you. Thank you for being part of our conversation today. In the description below, you will find links where you can connect with Katie Flores. If you enjoyed today's podcast, go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss out on anything. Also, if you would like to contribute in helping us reach others, I invite you to do so. And simply by leaving a good rating, feel free to leave a review or even share it on social media. That would mean so much to me and I would be forever grateful for that. Thank you in advance. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you in the description below. You also find links where we can connect. Let me know how this was helpful to you. I'd love to get some feedback from you. You can also visit the blog page where you can find more helpful content like this at inspired2inspired.org, inspired, the number two, inspired.org. And for now, continue moving forward in the direction God is leading you. Continue taking steps closer in becoming who God has intended you to be so you can be impactful in every area of your life. God bless, and we'll see you on the next one.